1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life
0: with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States,
2: people should not be walking around with masks. We must
1: see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. i tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Monday, September 19th, 2022, the 607th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do that for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. You will get the podcast when it's released, as well as all of the writing, and you will be supporting me and the work I do and this show as it expands. If you can't do that or you don't want to, all good. You get it for free a couple days later. I hope you all had a lovely weekend. I spent some of yesterday watching NFL football. I have been a Steelers fan my entire life. And though I am certainly not as in tune or as interested in professional sports as I used to be. It's still fun every now and then. And I'm a commissioner in a fantasy football league. So if you want to hate me, hey, go for it. It's a guilty pleasure. Also, one of my best friends is my co-commissioner, and we run a team together, and we've been doing it for 10 years, and it's just going to keep happening. Watching NFL football is one of the best ways you can understand what's happening in mainstream culture immediately, particularly when you watch the commercials. Now, the NFL has branded itself over the last 20 years as not only this Violent and entertaining sport, but it's also this very important charity organization that does so much good in the community all over the place. And they used to have efforts around getting kids to be active and work out so that they wouldn't be fat, and efforts around making sure people wouldn't go hungry. But now they are full bore social justice warriors which is why so many people have tuned them out. And I have at various points as well. Obviously no fan of the Colin Kaepernick nonsense. I'm no fan of how the NFL handles their internal politics or their suspensions. And I'm certainly no fan of how they handled their COVID policies and their vaccine policies and everything else. The NFL as an organization is just about the worst. So if it makes you feel better, I feel kind of bad watching it whenever I do watch. But the commercials yesterday are crazy. There are a couple commercials that I want to talk about. The first is that NFL Votes has a new campaign out. And here is their ad. There's one day
2: bigger than Sunday. Election Day. The issues that matter most to you will be decided this election So vote. Go to NFL.com slash votes and get registered
1: today. So the NFL wants everybody to know that the only thing more important in your life than watching football is voting on November 8th on Election Day in the midterms. You have to do it. And they're going to tell everybody in the entire country at the same time you have to do it. See how important voting is? This is the biggest day ever, bigger than the Super Bowl. You got to go vote on Election Day, or at least you have to register. So what the NFL is going to do is they're going to help register tons and tons of voters. And here is the NFL Votes page, their mission. NFL Votes is a league-wide, nonpartisan initiative that supports and encourages civic engagement among NFL players and legends club and league personnel, and fans. The initiative was founded in August 2020 as a joint effort between the NFL and the NFL Players Association and focuses on three key components of the electoral process, voter education, voter registration, and voter activation. They started in August 2020. That's so interesting. They just propped this plan up a couple of months before the biggest presidential election of all time. And you might think, was it really the biggest election of all time? Clinton and Trump felt in some way bigger. It felt like more people were involved and active. And that, of course, is because Joe Biden wasn't really there. Joe Biden campaigned from his basement. And when he left the basement, no one showed up. But if you do all these really big, loud things that reach a lot of people like Start new voter registration campaigns by one of the biggest and most public corporations in the world? Well, people will notice. People will think the election is really big. The sort of big election that might produce 27 million extra voters over the last presidential election. And that's what we had in 2020. Donald Trump had about 63 million votes in 2016. He went up to about 75 million in 2020. And you might think, amazing. 12 million brand new Donald Trump voters. They must have signed up and registered as independents or Republicans. Maybe some even registered it as Democrats and wanted to vote for Trump. But 12 million brand new voters, because as we know, Donald Trump couldn't possibly have taken 12 million from the Hillary Clinton column in 2016 and moved them to the Trump column. Because everybody hates Donald Trump and everybody hates MAGA. Everybody understands how bad Donald Trump was as president and how divisive he was. There's no way that 12 million people who voted for Democrats in 2016 are going to come out and vote for Donald Trump in 2020 after such a very, very, very bad presidency. It's not possible. So they had to be brand new voters. Amazing. The NFL must have helped. Well, then all of a sudden, Joe Biden took all 66 million voters from Hillary Clinton's column and then added another 15 million real legal American voters to his own column. Brand new voters, 15 million brand new voters. That must have been from the NFL and the NBA doing such hard work. And Stacey Abrams and all of her mules. But either way, we ended up with 27 million, thereabouts, new voters in 2020. How did it happen? A full 20% increase in overall voter participation in just one four-year election cycle. And there has to be a reason for such a massive increase. So we are told that that is from all of these brand new registrations and the advent of mail-in voting except we already had mail-in voting in some places, and it never created a full 20% boom on turnout because people weren't simply too lazy to vote until they got the mail-in ballot. Now, maybe that might describe some people around the country, but it certainly doesn't describe 27 million of them. But the NFL's not just stopping at registration. All 32 NFL clubs and players throughout the league support this initiative and will engage in efforts to highlight the importance of voting and encourage fans to become informed and effective voters. As part of the initiative, all 30 NFL stadiums are available to be utilized for election related activities if needed. In 2020, these activities included early voting, drop off or election day polling sites. So they're creating voting centers in all these stadiums. And they did the same thing with the NBA stadiums in 2020. Mark Cuban and all his woke billionaire buddies in the NBA ownership decided that that was their role to create social good. And as you go down the page, they have very helpful resources. They have an animated video with a light-skinned black dude to inform you about the importance of voting in state and local elections. You got to fill out that whole ballot, not just choose the president at the top 30,000 times. People are going to start thinking there's something a little weird about those ballots. They also have an article on redistricting and its impact on representation. And you can scroll down a little further and see, oh, wait. This whole thing is run by Rock the Vote. Well, Rock the Vote, they've been around forever. They used to advertise on MTV. They've been making it cool and hip to be a young registered voter for about 30 years. In 2020, they partnered with LeBron James himself and many other professional athletes to start a group called More Than a Vote. And more than a vote, if you went to their site back then, and I did and talked about it on the podcast extensively, wrote about it in an essay back then called Controlled Demolition, that site had the communist fist all over it because, of course, LeBron James is a black activist and everybody knows that the symbol for black activism is the communist fist somehow, because remember, there are no black conservatives. It's important to know that there are absolutely no black conservatives. Black people are Democrats, according to Democrats, not according to reality, but according to Democrats. And that's how they roll. Hispanics also and Latinos. Democrats, not Republicans, never for Trump, only Democrats. If you say otherwise, you're racist. And what you're actually doing is tricking black and brown people to support white supremacy because they're so easily susceptible to that sort of thing, at least from the Democrats perspective. Now, Rock the Vote was started in 1990 by a guy named Jeff Aeroff. Jeff Aeroff was later on partners in the music business with a man named Steve Bing. Steve Bing was a big time Hollywood Democrat bundler who had all sorts of important meetings with the top level of the Democrat Party power structure, people like John Podesta and the Clintons and George Soros. All of that is available for you to see in the WikiLeaks uh, Podesta emails. And then in the late spring of 2020, a few weeks after Rock the Vote's partnership with LeBron James to create more than a vote was announced, Steve Bing found himself... 27 floors below his 27th floor balcony dead after starting up a speed habit again after being clean for a very long time. Or so the story goes. And I talked about all of this back then. I'm sure all of these things are unrelated. I am, after all, a conspiracy theorist. But let's get back to rock the vote. This is from Wikipedia. In advance of the 2014 elections, Rock the Vote released a video titled Turnout for What. It was a parody of Lil Jon and DJ Snake's song "Turn Down for What. The video sought to encourage youth voter turnout and featured reproductive rights, marijuana legislation, global warming, LGBT rights, student debt, gun control, and deforestation as reasons why young Americans might want to vote. The video was criticized for having a disproportionate representation of left wing political issues. The video was also criticized because several of the athletes who appeared in it, including Lena Dunham, Whoopi Goldberg, Natasha Leone, and Darren Chris, had not voted in the previous midterm election. The day after the 2016 U.S. presidential election, Rock the Vote president and executive director Carolyn DeWitt issued a statement on behalf of the organization expressing disappointment with the election of Donald Trump and Republican Party congressional victories, writing, This is a jarring day for millennial voters who voted overwhelmingly for Secretary Clinton and for progressive candidates down the ticket. We woke up this morning with full hearts and piercing focus Not just on the next national election in two short years, but on putting the needs of young Americans, people of color and others feeling under siege front and center for our new president and the 115th Congress in 2019. DeWitt spoke out in favor of abolishing the United States Electoral College. So that's interesting. But let's go back to the NFL votes mission just one more time, just for one second. NFL Votes is a league-wide nonpartisan initiative. Oh, wait a second. So you're a nonpartisan initiative, at least on your tax filings, but you work with Rock the Vote, and there's nothing partisan about Rock the Vote. Rock the Vote tries to increase voter registration to champion progressive causes. And progressive, let's all be honest, at this point, we can do that with one another, Progressive means communist, okay? Progressive is communism rebranded. The idea that they're making progress does not fix the communism part. Communists always claim to be making progress and will never admit that what communism really is, is feudalism marketed to poor people. Now, it's worth mentioning that organizations like Rock the Vote and Other organizations that call themselves nonpartisan, who have an interest in driving up voter registration, have gained access to voter registries in states around the country. So they can just funnel these registrations directly into the state voter registry. And there's nothing to worry about there at all, because there are absolutely no voter integrity issues whatsoever with Rock the Vote. Everybody loves Rock the Vote. We associate Rock the Vote with rock and roll music and famous musicians and actors and now athletes. Everyone wants young people to vote, don't we? And that's all that Rock the Vote is doing. They're just trying to get young people registered to vote so they can participate in the civic process. It's very, very, very important. And so they have a little voter guide here on the NFL's site as well. Uh, step number four on their little guide is research your ballot. Research who and what are on your ballot to elect leaders at every level of government who align with your values. Rock the Votes ballot lookup and endorsement tool can help you view your sample ballot and do research about the candidates and ballot measures that are on it. Isn't that great? You can put in all your voter registry information, your email, your phone number, right into this Rock the Vote site, and they're going to send you updates on voting, even by text. We'll show you what's on your ballot, help you make a plan to vote, and send important election reminders. Step five is vote. Vote at home. Vote early. Or vote on election day. So first priority is vote at home. Second is vote early. And third is, or I mean, I guess you can vote on election day. If you are voting absentee, be sure to follow all instructions carefully when completing your ballot and return it by your state's deadline (laughs) or just return it whenever we're going to count it. Of course, we're going to count it a couple weeks. No big deal. If we need that vote, we're going to count it. Click here to learn more about the absentee ballot return policies and deadlines. If you plan to vote in person, you can look up your polling location using Rock the Vote's polling place lookup tool. Note, polling place data may be delayed as states are still working to identify polling locations. And that's weird because only a few years ago, we used to all know where we voted. We had a nice, small precinct. In our town or neighborhood, maybe in a rural town, it was at the firehouse. In some suburb, it's at the school. In a big city like how I used to vote in Los Angeles, they have them all over the place. Usually at schools, but all over the place. Now they have voting centers, centralized locations where everyone has to go vote. I went from years of voting at various schools, or community centers living all over Los Angeles to the 2020 election where I voted at the Hollywood Bowl on a machine and then the machine I'm supposed to put my brand new ballot into I didn't accept my ballot so hey we just put it in on another machine and then it read the barcode and that was that congratulations to me here's my sticker I voted I'm going to show everyone in a selfie on Instagram. Oh, they're going to be so proud of me. I'm standing up for democratic values. You can even click over to other aspects of the site, like their new tech portal for civic engagement, where you can become a partner. You can sign up to be a rock the vote partner, and you can help take people's personal identifying information and send it to rock the vote. And then they'll add it on to a voter registry in a state, according to the NFL, that's the best thing you can do with your data. Brands for democracy. They have brands for democracy so that they can partner with corporate organizations and those corporate organizations will help them share their message of how important democracy is. And let's check out some of the brands working with Rock the Vote. You got Aeropostale. I didn't know they were still around. Athleta, Champs, Comedy Central, Cox, that telecom company that Donald Trump is always mentioning, Cricket Wireless, DoorDash, East Bay, Foot Action, Foot Locker, The Gap, HBO, Hulu, Intermix, Kate Spade. Oh, Kate Spade. (laughs) That's interesting. Kids Foot Locker, Macy's, Old Navy, The Paramount Network, Spencer's, Tommy Hilfiger, TV Land, Warner Media, Yelp and Zoomies. Rock the Vote is ready to help your company become a leading brand. And on this front page of their site, they have quotes from Washington Secretary of State Kim Wyman and former Secretary of State of California Alex Padilla. Of course, he's a senator now. Kamala Harris, she had to become vice president. And so somebody needed to take her spot. Gavin Newsom said, you know what, that's going to be very successful Secretary of State Alex Padilla. He's going to do everything we need in the Senate. Is Alex Padilla a strong leader, a man of intelligence and integrity? Absolutely not. Alex Padilla's office was the one who submitted the request to the big tech platforms to have my face banned from Instagram. But hey, all good. These sorts of things come around on a long enough timeline, and they certainly will for the illegitimate senator from California, Alex Padilla. Now, there's nothing hidden or secret about any of this. The NFL has tens of millions of fans watching various games on a Sunday. They put this commercial in all of those games. They have to make sure everyone sees it, but they know no one's going to look. So they don't really care if anyone finds out that what they're doing is supporting not only the global communist order and their agenda in the United States. They're also manipulating our elections directly through their influence and their public-private partnerships with the secretaries of state around the country. They have direct access to the voter registries. Now, all of that is obviously well beyond the bounds of what anyone should find acceptable. But the NFL flips it around in the false reality. This inversion makes complete and total sense. You actually want the world's biggest corporations helping everyone to vote for the right thing. In the false reality, the most important thing is increasing the total number of voters in an election. That is what speaks to the health of our democracy. So, gaining 27 million overall voters, an increase of a full 20% over 2016, that is a massive success. It doesn't matter who those voters are, it doesn't matter whether or not they are real, legal American voters who are eligible to vote in the place that they did vote, that doesn't matter at all. All that matters is that overall number, the popular vote. That's what they always tell us is the basis of their mandate. Everything they're doing is for the good of the people. So they win their election through cheating. Obviously they are declared the winners. And then because they have this massive popular vote mandate, they can put in whatever policies they want, Those things will wreck the country. They'll turn down the temperature on those policies just a bit leading up to the election. So people imagine that things are getting better. We're through the hard times and then they will steal the election again and begin that process over again, claiming that everything they did was approved of by the country, hence the new mandate to do it again. Now, the NFL also had an ad for a group called He Gets Us, and you can find them at hegetsus.com. And it is a Jesus-centric commercial that appeals to hipster liberals and the social justice set. He Gets Us aims to free the name of Jesus from those who use it to judge, harm, and divide. That is what it says right at the top of their homepage. And they have featured articles like Jesus invited everyone to sit at his table and did Jesus face criticism? They have a trending section, hashtag activist, hashtag hope, hashtag real life. Was Jesus ever lonely? What would Jesus think of teen moms? Was Jesus ever stressed? Did Jesus live in poverty? Why did Jesus cry? In their About section, they say, He Gets Us does not represent any church or religious denomination and is not a political organization. He Gets Us is a campaign designed to create cultural change in the way people think about Jesus and his relevance in our lives. It all started with a diverse group of people passionate about the authentic Jesus of the Bible. He Gets Us is an initiative of Servant Foundation a designated 501c3 organization with a hundred out of a hundred charity navigator rating. We're not left or right. We're not affiliated with any church or denomination. We simply want everyone to understand and relate to the authentic Jesus as he's depicted in the Bible, the Jesus of radical forgiveness, compassion, and love. So they're not affiliated with any religion, any denomination, or any political group, and certainly no church. And they're just here to reframe the way people think about Jesus because they understand the Bible the best. And that's why they know that social justice activism is the key to understanding the Bible. He was a homeless, bullied son of a teenage mother. So the best way to help him would have been to prop up more communist organizations. Jesus would have turned out better if he had more access to social programs. And here's a great article from them. How would Jesus be judged today? As long as we've got everything in the right order. We were musing about how Jesus and his disciples were viewed in his day. If the authorities or religious leaders saw them walking down the street or hanging out on the corner, what would they have thought of them? It suddenly hit us. They would have been seen as troublemakers and Jesus was their ringleader. Matthew, one of his followers, was a Jew who collected taxes for the Romans. In essence, he was seen as a low-life traitor. Some disciples violently opposed Herod, the king. Others were seen as uneducated dropouts. They were regularly called gluttons, drunkards, and criminals. But more importantly, they were seen as a threat to the establishment, which meant the people in power and the upper classes didn't want them in their neighborhoods or synagogues. It's no different today. If we see youths of a different race or culture dressed a certain way or wearing their hair differently, we often make immediate judgments about them, usually negative ones. It might make us uncomfortable or even unfriendly toward them. It's an unconscious bias we all have toward people who are different from us. We don't know the individual, yet we've already labeled them. Jesus didn't judge others by their looks, he looked at their hearts. That meant reaching out to people who were outside his circle or society's mainstream to get to know them individually. He was criticized, even mocked for doing so. But he didn't care because he loved all, even if it meant he would be wrongly judged for the friends he made and the company he kept. One of the interesting things that happened while we were producing this was the casting. We wanted to use people that we thought would immediately elicit judgment from others. (laughs) You'll see that nobody is doing anything wrong or illegal. Maybe they're running down an alley, skateboarding, hanging out on a corner or hopping a fence. But viewers have been conditioned by society to make assumptions that they're up to no good, probably doing something illegal or criminal. It was very intentional to point out the unconscious bias we all have and that we need to overcome if we're going to build trust, love and peace with each other. So you see, they're just trying to make everybody understand that the real Christians are the people in the social justice movement who want to see God eliminated from culture completely. Now, it's interesting that they intentionally put all of these people in these positions in their commercial in order to illustrate everyone else's unconscious bias. See, to illustrate other people's unconscious bias, you have to reinforce your own real bias about what other people think of people you don't like the looks of. Sure, these people may look like they're committing crimes, but we did that intentionally to show you that they might not be committing crimes. They might just be actors. (laughs) Supporting a social justice movement centered around reframing people's understanding of Jesus. And the important thing is when you do see people dealing drugs on the street corner or running away from police officers or burning and looting stores or knocking down statues or destroying police cars or beating up old people in the streets, they could just The actors, they're probably just like Jesus. And this message is so important that we need to put enough money behind it to purchase ad time during NFL games. It is a one hundred million dollar ad campaign. And it would be easy to spend hours on pretty much every commercial played during an NFL game. But the takeaway, if you sit and watch for even one full game, is, oh, wow, all of this is just blatant propaganda. Pharmaceutical commercials left and right. Now they're curing cancer with two monoclonal antibody treatments, Optivo and Yervoy, that time perfectly with Joe Biden's cancer moonshot. And of course, plenty of commercials for the experimental gene therapy and other treatments from Pfizer. But let's get a little further into the real propaganda effort happening in our country right now. This is from Just the News this morning. Pentagon reviews clandestine ops after social media removed fake account linked to U.S., The Pentagon is reportedly planning to review how it carries out clandestine information warfare after Twitter and Facebook removed fake accounts they suspected of being run by the U.S. military. Defense policy undersecretary Colin Call told military commanders in charge of online psychological operations to give a full account of their actions by October. The Washington Post reported Monday. Call said he wants to know what operations have been conducted, who is being targeted, what tools the military is using, why the military has picked these tactics and how effective they have been. Several officials told the outlet the command comes after the White House and several federal agencies expressed concerns about alleged Defense Department attempts to manipulate overseas audiences, according to officials familiar with the situation. Internet researchers Grafica and the Stanford Internet Observatory did not blame the military after finding last month that Twitter and Facebook removed over 150 fake accounts and media sites that originated in the United States over the past several years. Researchers found social media companies took down content in Arabic, Farsi and Urdu, as well as information connected to anti-Russia and anti-Iran narratives. They also found that fake online personas did not gain as much of a following as overt accounts. The post reported that sources say these accounts are connected to the military. Facebook also disabled suspicious accounts in 2020 that the post said were created by the U.S. military to, quote, counter disinformation spread by China, suggesting the coronavirus responsible for COVID-19 was created at a U.S. Army lab. And is that disinformation? Well, it might not be. We know now about the massive spread of funding from the U.S. Department of Defense and plenty of American corporations to biolabs across the world, including in Ukraine and, of course, China. This also brings to mind Stanley McChrystal's organization from 2020, Defeat Disinfo. They worked with a branding and marketing company called Main Street One to target social media messaging campaigns, usually through celebrities or musicians or athletes, other major influencers, most of them reality television stars, which should tell you something about the level of influence many people in our society are susceptible to and actually like on some level. And they also target micro-influencers, people within communities who have smaller but very loyal followings. Sometimes they are pastors or community leaders. But they'll also target small fashion influencers or gamers with small followings or even people that do unboxing videos and other ridiculous things on YouTube. They'll target content creators on Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram. Whoever is happy to help them put out their message, they will employ those people. And all of those people will think, oh, yeah, well, I already agree with this stuff. And so I might as well earn easy money for it, which is basically the same justification for being on OnlyFans. Other people already see me half naked online, so I might as well try to monetize it. And, you know, if I have to go a little bit further, that's just fine. But these methods were actually created in the Middle East. These were military programs to influence populations in what they used to call anti-terrorism efforts. But this is just high tech propaganda, and it's being done by major organizations to influence political outcomes in the United States. And one of those outcomes is political division. They want to create that false reality. They want to make people think that if they have good, normal views, they're actually in this tiny minority and all the cool people, everybody you would ever want to be like those people They all are down with the social justice cause. They know how important it is to be woke. They know how important it is to use people's pronouns. They know how important it is to hate Donald Trump and his supporters. But it doesn't work on everyone. If you were around and following this podcast in 2020, you'll surely have heard me mention that I had friends in Hollywood during that time who would occasionally send me the little job offers they got for their posts. A few hundred bucks here, a few hundred bucks there. I used to work for a social media company. I did business development for that company and was a partner in the company. And what our company did was run social media accounts for brands and celebrities, and we would help them create their online image. Now, our methods were more organic. We tried to target what people's genuine interests were and then figure out how we could communicate their genuine interests to create bonding experiences with potential new followers and new markets to drive up their business value. But there are far more manipulative ways to do that. And the money, for the most part, falls on the side of supporting what the big tech companies want you to support, including the political agenda. People may not know this, but Facebook and Instagram, for instance, send out emails every couple of weeks, maybe once a month or before major events. And they will tell you how you should tailor your client's content to get the most exposure on those days of those big events. Like which hashtags to use or what kinds of content to capture, what sorts of phrasing you should use to describe events. And those are just little tips to have your content pushed up in the algorithm when you are actually Running a paid campaign, the people paying for the campaign will lay out the key messaging points, what it is you need to say, and then you fill the other stuff in yourself, making it feel natural, like something you would have said if you weren't getting paid, even though there's no way in the world anyone would say all these things without being paid unless they were simply a diehard communist. But consider who they're trying to hire as their influencers, as their spokespeople. They're going after people who are already committed to building their followings on the social media sites. They want people who want the attention and they know that these people are addicted to the attention. They're addicted to the interactions on social media, to the likes, to the comments. They want to feel famous. They want to feel important and they want to be able to make more money Feeding that addiction. And so they're happy to go along with it, but not everybody. And a really interesting video was posted this weekend from a lawyer who I guess makes videos on TikTok. Here it is.
2: I was just offered $400 to make an anti Donald Trump propaganda post related to the January 6th investigation that is completely not true. I should start out this video by saying I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, so that should give a little bit of context to where I'm coming from. I'm an attorney. I post legal news and analysis on related topics. Okay, here we go with the story. So first thing first, I get an email from somebody with the Good Info Foundation. We'll talk about them a little more in a minute. I'm going to refer to this person as Jane. Jane sent me a message letting me know she represented the Good Info Foundation and that she was willing to offer a paid collaboration to discuss some topics related to January 6th said, sure, why not? I'll learn some more. Jane says the Good Info Foundation will give me $400 to make a post on my page and then share it to Instagram. So you see that blue link? All right, here, we're gonna follow it. These are the specific requirements in order to obtain that $400 of how I should refer to the January 6th Capitol raid. Number one, I must call this a criminal conspiracy. Number two, I must say Trump Republicans were responsible. Number three, I must frame it as an attack on my country, an attack on America or Americans, a criminal conspiracy and a committed crime. I must attribute the matter to MAGA Republicans I must make clear that this was ongoing and unresolved, and most importantly, that I must channel all of this unto the manipulation of voter agencies so that I could turn their anger around this event into defiance that would make people more likely to vote in midterms. And the thing that struck me the most was this part, where I was told to talk about the aspects of the Trump campaign's plan. And I was supposed to say that the Trump campaign paid literally millions of dollars to make January 6th happen? So I figured, you know, maybe I missed something. So I said, hey, Jane, what is the basis for the claim that the Trump campaign itself paid millions of dollars to make the January 6th siege of the Capitol happen? Jane doesn't answer the question. Hi, Preston, if you don't want to state that in the video, it's fine. You don't have to use all the bullet points provided. So I kept going. Sure, I'm just wondering if there's support for that claim. Jane doesn't answer again. Let me know if you are interested and the rate works for you. Thanks so much. I'm not interested and the rate doesn't work for me. This is the Good Info Foundation. They boast on their homepage that good information is the lifeblood of a democracy. They further cry that we are in an information crisis. And you know the crazy thing about all
1: of that? They're right. So the Good Info Foundation wants this TikTok influencer to accept $400 to repeat the slogans about January 6th, which simply aren't true. And they want to do that to create anger in the audience and then turn that anger into defiance. They want to reframe the situation so the audience feels victimized by what happened on January 6th and then determined to never let something like that happen again. And so their response is to go out and vote. If you go to GoodInfoFoundation.org and you look at their programs, the first one is called Voting Counts. The second is called Civic News Initiative. They have a news section with headlines like, it's official, the election was secure from the Brennan Center for Justice. No evidence election was compromised, cybersecurity agency says from NPR. Trump's own officials say 2020 was America's most secure election in history from Vox, This is the kind of stuff the Good Info Foundation considers good info. You can actually go to their website, goodinfo.us, and near the top of the website, they have a little infographic citing Yahoo and YouGov. 96 million Americans believe the 2020 election was stolen. Now, wait a second. Are you sure you want to say that to everyone? 96 million Americans believe the 2020 election was stolen. Well, that's 21 million more Americans than we're told voted for Donald Trump. Where did you get those extra 21 million? Are those people that voted for Joe Biden? Are you trying to make everybody think that 96 million Americans believing the election was stolen is some small number oh it's only that's only a third of the country because the country is really 340 million people oh really joe biden just told us that people believing in the big lie that the election was stolen are threats to democracy they are threats to the fabric of our very civilization except there's 96 million of them now i'm not trying to take away from their hate movement Their hate movement is really running at a very, very high level. I mean, sure, it's shedding people every day once they realize they're actually part of a hate movement and not solving racism. But 96 million Americans is an awfully large target, even for a high level hate movement. And you can go down and see who's on their advisory committee. And at the top of that is one Dan Pfeiffer former White House communications director under Obama and frequent guest on the podcast Pod Save America. And the Good Info Foundation is headed by Rick Stengel, who was Obama's undersecretary of state for public diplomacy and public affairs. So this is basically just the Obama White House that is obviously the same as the quote unquote Biden White House. And they are presenting themselves as the arbiter of American information. They're going to decide what information is good. And then they are going to pay people to give you that information under the guise of it being their own personal opinion and their own information, the things that they had found out and learned on their own. But nope. They're just trying to find people who don't have jobs and are obsessed with the Internet and then giving them a little bit of money here and there to spread propaganda to their followers. And if you're still on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and Snapchat, well, you're getting that. If you're courageous enough to actually stand up for yourself and tell people what you really think As a real person, you'll get censored, you'll get shadow banned, you'll eventually get kicked off the platform. All of that is fine. You should look at it as a blessing. But the people you're trying to convince are getting this stuff on the other side. People they follow are being paid to mislead them. And once everyone that you follow who has kind of a sizable following of some sort or a big following... It makes it seem like everybody believes that stuff in a really natural way. Oh, wow. Why are all these people that I follow saying this one thing about this subject? I guess they must be like sort of right, right? They've all looked into this. That's why they're taking the initiative and speaking out. They're actually really brave and patriotic. Nope. They're just commies obsessed with the Internet and they're getting paid for it. And if you think that's the creepiest aspect of social media we're going to talk about today, you're wrong. Check this out.
2: A guy on Twitter just revealed software that can take an Instagram photo and use AI to search open cameras in a location to see if they can find the video of you taking the photo on that day. So the guy who created Die With Me, which is that chat app you can only use when you have less than 5% battery, just unveiled this software where you give it like the Instagram photo on the left and on the right you see this AI searching through a bunch of open cameras all around the world to see if they can find the people in the photo with the proper location and give you the video of the photo actually being taken taken Personally, I think this is brilliant. This must have been so hard to put together. The effect is fantastic, and it's a great way to remind people that you are constantly being watched, and so much more of your information is out there
1: than you think. Also, it's way easier to find your location at all times than you think. So that might be a little hard to conceptualize, but the idea here is that they can strip the metadata from the photo you post on Instagram, and then search to see if there were any open cameras like cell phone cameras, other people with their phones up, not realizing that their phones were recording everything in front of their phones. And then they can map back to when your photo was taken and see if any of those phones recorded you on video taking the photo that you have posted to Instagram. Now, that's not happening in real time, right? So they see the photo, they go back through, They find the open cameras that were open at that time and recording, and then they can get the video of you taking that picture, which means that through those open cameras that you didn't know were recording at all or even looking at anything. Right. You just assume your camera's off. It's not taking pictures of anything. Not only is it not off, it's on and it's recording And that recording is being stored somewhere that can be accessed by other people. So if you're in a public location and people have their phones up and out, those phones could be and very likely are recording all sorts of things and not only tracking you and what you see, but enabling the tracking of all the other people around you as well. Now, I certainly wouldn't claim that we can remove all of this from our lives if we're using iPhones or Android phones and we're using them in many of the ways people use their mobile devices, but it's definitely better to get rid of the legacy social media platforms. There is ample proof that this is what they are there to do. They're there to track you and the people you're around. They know where you are, what you're doing. What you're looking at, what you're saying, what you're thinking about buying, what you're searching for on the internet, who you're with, and they are watching you and they are recording all of this to the point where it can be accessed by virtually anyone. And so it's important to be conscious of this trade-off. Are the likes that important? Everybody says that this is what I use to keep in touch with my friends and family. Well, if you can't figure out another way to keep in touch with your friends and family, then what does that say about your relationship with your friends and family and your friends and family know that people are being banned and censored on these platforms, but they're not taking any of that into account with how they perceive the world around them. Generally speaking, they think the people I see in my feed are my friends are my family. The more I see their posts, the more I feel connected with these people, the more I know what they're doing and what they're thinking. And that to them is some form of closeness. But the fact that that substitutes for closeness is more of a remark on the atomization of our culture, how far apart we actually all are to consider that seeing someone's information pop up in an algorithm-manipulated feed is how we feel close to someone. But that algorithm is manipulating you as the viewer of this stuff. It's not just manipulating other people. It's showing you what you need to see. But it's not according to your needs. It's according to their needs. And if you have the wrong views, if you're saying the wrong things, if you're viewing the wrong things online or spending time with the wrong people, well, then what they're going to show you is going to be directed toward the goal of eliminating those behaviors. It doesn't want you around those people. It doesn't want you looking at those things or thinking those things or saying those things. And so they'll create anger. They'll create envy. They'll create feelings of isolation and loneliness. They'll figure out what you like to be distracted by. Maybe it's posts about new age technology, or maybe it's soft core pornography that we now just call Instagram modeling. And you'll spend all your time doing that because they've created this need, this emotional need, this void that they're attempting to fill. Every time they fill that, you'll feel good. You will think that you're liking what you're seeing, and then you'll want more of it, and you'll go further and further into it. And they will just keep the demoralization process going. These are demoralization machines. If you have the no-no ideas, if you are an independent thinking person, they will try to eliminate that from your perception because they don't want you acting that way. You're not going to buy the right things and support the right causes. If you feel like you're happy doing all of the no-no things. And so that's when they bring in the influencers. They bring in the celebrities and the athletes. And we're all supposed to believe that all of these celebrities spouting off all this political nonsense really know what they're talking about and really believe all these things. Now, some of them definitely do the real, real dumb ones and the real aggressive ones like the Sophia Bushes of the world or the people that sign up for those. Commercials about racism, like I Take Responsibility. Those people, those people are morons, but they're also getting paid. And that's why they have to be extra authentic about all of it, so that you'll believe it. I mean, they are actors after all. And they're not disinforming you or misinforming you, they're providing good info. In the false reality, that inversion makes complete and total sense. Sure, we can't prove any of the things we're saying, and we don't even really believe them ourselves. But we do believe that it's important for everyone else to believe this stuff. So we don't mind being paid to say it. And that part is dystopian enough. But consider the tracking. Consider the open camera on your phone. And a lot of people have voice commands on their phone. They have Siri on. If you're on Apple, I don't know what the Counterpart is for the Android phones, but you have Amazon Alexa and similar things. They're listening to you. They're watching you. They know where you are. They can tell by where other people's devices are, who you're with, and they have all that stuff matched up to the information you willingly provide them. And on Facebook, you have a very detailed bio, your birth date, where you were born, where you grew up where you went to junior high and high school, where you went to college, what you studied, what your religious beliefs are, who your friends are, who your family is, everything you search for, everything you say. They know how effective their algorithm tailored just to you has been in changing your behavior. And of course, they have every message and email you've ever sent. They have more information about you than you have about yourself, and they also have all of the most damaging information and the worst things you've ever said, the worst displays of who you are imaginable. All of the things about yourself for which you feel shame, the things that you don't want other people to know, they already know them all, and they can use them at any time they want. And for people in the party of false decorum, this should be especially horrifying because this sort of thing would show the wide and growing gap between how you present yourself in public to people who you're trying to impress and what the real you is behind all of that. I remember in 2017 when the whole hashtag Me Too thing was going on and sweeping through Hollywood. Oh, the women's groups were so exciting. Everyone who had ever wronged them in any way. Oh, he wasn't nice enough on our date. I had sex with him and he never called me back. Oh, they were out on the attack all over the place. And so all the guys who felt really very guilty about being the sorts of guys who would be complained about for all of those things. Oh, they were supporting me too in full. I'm a man. Therefore, I have oppressed women. Therefore, I'd better take down other men who do the stuff that I do in hopes that no one will ever find out that I did these things. So they have everything they need to cancel you among your family and friends or among a much wider audience if you have a public voice. And that's what they attempted to do to me in 2020. And that's just fine. I'm a grown man. I can take it. It's not fun, but you get through it. You find out who your real friends are and you learn to take accountability for your actions because that stuff could be coming out one way or another. And this is especially important in a time of full public exposure for the people who have been leading our society, and leading in quotes, obviously. But the people who we look to as cultural leaders, they are all subject to this too. And they actually might be a little closer to all this because they have relationships with these companies. On some level, these people really are under the thumb of this global communist order. Because people who believe they have a lot to lose can lose a whole lot If they stop playing the game, that's why people have such a hard time leaving the party of false decorum. They don't know what's next. It's all risk after that. All the things they don't want anyone else to know about them could immediately be shoved to the forefront and then everybody would know everything. And then where does it go? LeBron James, where do the NBA contracts go? Where do all the endorsements go? Where do all the political partnerships go? Remember LeBron James and more than a vote. They made it so that using stadiums as voting centers seemed hip and cool and the right way forward. But the thing about the awakening and one of the most important aspects of it is this full public exposure of all that corruption and all that criminality, everything that tells you how things actually work. And let's consider this in an even bigger way. I've said many times that in the false reality, the God that they worship, the false God they worship is the authoritative source. It bears all the critical aspects of God, but is not God. It's omniscient. It knows everything. It's omnipotent. It has power over all, and it's omnipresent. It's everywhere. And that's what they've attempted to create through this technology. And they've gotten really, really close. They want to be everywhere, all seeing, all powerful. And so how do we respond once we truly accept that we have enabled this thing? We have enabled the false god of the false reality to know everything about us, everything we've ever done. What happens if all of that stuff comes out? That's the question everyone should be wrestling with, and it's a question that people actually used to wrestle with when people believed in God. And obviously, I know that many of you still do and are devout in your faith, and that's wonderful, and you are probably already living in a way that comports with that belief. But all of the people in secular society who have not wrestled with this question just accept that that the false God knows everything about them and has this control over them. They just don't think it's ever going to affect them personally because they actually believe that they don't matter enough to be targeted, which is a very, very strange way to approach life, especially when you believe that your views should be adopted by everyone. So apparently everyone should believe that they don't matter at all, and you will just strive for fame and And wealth and power and status and notoriety so that you can affirm in some outer way that you actually do matter. That's where we are now. The only way to matter now is by impressing other people on social media. Now, for people who believe that God is watching them and that they are accountable for their behavior to a higher power, to a higher authority, To take that seriously means to regulate your behavior so that when you are judged by that higher authority, you can defend your actions or at least seek forgiveness for them. The people most at risk of the technocracy and the control of that false God, the authoritative source and the false reality, those people lack the ability entirely. And an extreme example of that is obviously Hunter Biden whose laptop is being picked over with a fine-tooth comb by Garrett Ziegler and Marco Polo. All of that private information, all of the things Hunter did, are being exposed. But what's the reaction? Contrition? Repentance? Seeking redemption? No. They just ignore it all and pretend that none of it ever happened. It's all fake. It's all disinformation. And people will be disinclined to look at it because they wouldn't want the same thing to happen to them. So they are prepared to just ignore all of the rampant immorality and criminality on that laptop because they don't want it to happen to them. And so they are OK with evil persisting in the world because as a result of their shame and knowing what they themselves have done, they'll refuse to pass judgment on anyone else even if that person is provably involved in hundreds or maybe thousands of crimes. And that's why Garrett and Marco Polo have focused in particular on those crimes, particularly the ones that intersect the Biden family political corruption enterprise, because that actually affects everybody else. This isn't just about Hunter's predilections and his addictions and his degeneracy. It's about the crimes committed on his father's behalf, the man who is pretending to represent constituents who elected him to serve in government. But let's consider what other exposures we know are coming, exposures of politicians at all levels exposures of corporate titans, exposures of celebrities and athletes. We know all of this is coming because we know how they intersect with political crimes and public corruption. But what if the awakening goes well beyond that? So we know there's this massive web of corruption that Springs forth from the global communists and all of the organizations that they fund, the corporations they partner with, the useful idiots in Hollywood, and professional sports and the music industry. The universities, we know the crimes extend to those people. We know those people have participated in crimes against humanity by supporting various political causes and organizations like Black Lives Matter Antifa, or they were pushing COVID policies and lockdowns that drove hundreds of millions of people in the world into poverty and isolation and depression and drug abuse and alcohol abuse and self-harm and suicide and domestic abuse. We know about the vaccine program and how these people have been paid to push all of that. And that web keeps going. It doesn't end at all these people whose names we're familiar with. It goes down into the local activist communities, local politicians, election boards, school boards, and it keeps going beyond. And eventually the exposure will reach down to all those people. Because as long as people are subject to the compromising information in their lives, in their past, that they are trying to hide and avoid, there will be people who are controllable. The compromise is the method of control. It's the blackmail that keeps people in line. And depending on what you've done, this could be far worse than simply getting kicked out of the party of false decorum. I mean, who needs them anyway? But it's stuff that could destroy people's lives and their families because people have done a lot of bad things that they have not had to ever account for. They just keep them hidden. If somebody knows they buy that person off, they keep them close. But what happens if it's just all out there? It's all on the table. They have all your information, everything you've done and said for years, all of your absolute worst moments, your terrible decisions. Times you know you did bad things because you just didn't care. You didn't think anything was going to happen. And we all have this stuff. But what happens when it's all out there? Who's going to be prepared to first forgive themselves and then begin forgiving other people? Because that's coming around for so many of us. It'll probably come around for me more times, two more times, five more times, 100 more times. I don't know, but I do know that once you have this realization, once you have the realization that the false God of the technocracy knows everything about you and can use all that to control you, what is your other option? The other option is contrition and repentance and the search for redemption. The understanding that your past is your past and that you are forced to move beyond that. Because that's the only way out of this system they've created. You have to get right with yourself. And that's a process for all of us. I work very, very hard at that. Understanding the mistakes that I've made in my past. Where I might have caused others to suffer. Where I suffered from things that I did unnecessarily. Sooner or later, we all have to pay the piper. And I don't think that the NFL's social justice Jesus is going to do the trick but the real one might. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masked and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do. By signing up for a paid subscription at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.CancelCouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree Linktree.com slash I'mYourModerator. And I'll see you soon out on the range.
0: and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365 day returns
1: in my mind that's the end game thanks for listening if you'd like to follow what i'm reading and thinking throughout the day you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and Bitchute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct Shop.Spreadshirt.com slash Cancel-Couture.